The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 26 of Kaiju Curry House. I am Derek, and I actually still have your normal hosts with you, uh, Paul, Joe, and Alex. Do you guys want to say hi to your faithful listeners? Howdy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh, that awkward silence was absolutely beautiful. That. We just want to make Derek feel uncomfortable for those first few seconds as he's hosting. Yeah, there you go. Let's carry on, Derek. It's all good. Yeah. It's your show. You know, I'm just here. I'm just here to talk. It's good. Um, I- I'm quite enjoying the novelty of it because I've been listening to Screen Heroes for a while. See that plugin? That was good. That yeah. was good. And yeah, thank you. And Screen Heroes nice is a great actually... podcast. Yeah, you should probably listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And actually, their intro, their intro tune's pretty sick. <laughs> Thank you. Look at me using language that's a lot younger than my actual age. But no, it's been nice to listen to Screen Heroes for a bit and actually hear your voice and see you in a conversation for the first time because we've been chatting over various mediums, but to actually see you face to face live. Thank you for that, Derek. No, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's all right. Um, Derek, what have Kaiju been up to lately? Oh, boy. So... um you know, nothing like groundbreakingly exciting. Um, on Screen Heroes, we did our annual review and prediction episode. And so, um, I noted that Godzilla versus Kong is one of my most anticipated movies of 2020. Wow. So I okay. made, made sure to, to, to do that. Um, but one movie I wanted to, to talk about that's a little bit, it's from la, it's from 2018, but I don't think you guys have ever mentioned it on the show. And that's, um, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. That's a great movie. <laughs> so that rings a bell. I disagree. I, I disagree with uh, you, sir. It, <laughs> well, okay. I have never heard of it. It is a great movie for all the wrong reasons, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, was was it great in inverted commas? Like Iron Sky was great. Uh, I I would not. The, big, use the Bigfoot great. was quite anticlimactic, wouldn't you say, Derek? Yeah, yeah. So it was so pointedly man in a suit. It just uh. <laughs> also kind of disgusting, but uh, it's a Sam Elliott film that came out in uh, 20, uh, 2018, 2019, depending on where you were. And 
he's an old man who actually killed Hitler during World War II. There's a whole flashback sequence, which is the best part of the movie. Um, and then he gets recruited by the FBI to go into Canada and kill Bigfoot before a disease that Bigfoot has wipes out all of the wildlife in North America. Huh. That's the movie. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a great film. Who knows? It, um, it's, it takes itself a little bit more seriously than what Derek is giving the impression of. I really liked Sam Elliott in it. Sam Elliott, whenever he's in a movie, just plays Sam Elliott. But um, if I think if there had been like a Harry and the Hendersons level of detail to that Bigfoot, it could have perhaps been a bit better. But again, I go back to it. See, that that that's the, that is the daddy of Bigfoot films. It's wonderful. Yeah, but... It is just so pointedly a guy in a suit. and But we're all about guys in suits. That's yeah. not the problem. At the risk of sounding grossly homoerotic. Yeah, yeah it's just... <laughs> the, the Bigfoot itself is not really the problem with the movie. It's, it's definitely the writing and the tone. Because when you explain the movie and you see the poster and the title for the movie, you think it's supposed to be kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of like a purposeful B-film. But it is a very serious intended to be depressingly heartfelt movie and it's not i cried <laughs> because you were like that heartbroken at a terrible bigfoot movie or no it just it just touched me like the romance excellent it was the amazing romance. <laughs> i mean here at kaiju Kurias, we specialize in films that no one else would want to watch so you know this is this is the right place to i'm not gonna watch it again <laughs> No. No, I will not. Mm. But I, I did. I saw it. It's a thing. It exists. You meant that um, Kong versus Godzilla 2020 is your most anticipated, one of, sorry, your most anticipated films for the year ahead. Um, when it you is. say anticipated, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate, please? Um, just of the films that are coming out, what I'm most looking forward to, mm. most excited about, that I have um, some high hopes for, you know, high expectations. That's good. That kind of thing. That's good. Yeah. And then what do you want from, you know, a blockbuster Godzilla movie? What gets you going? Well, I'm a, I'm a tech guy. So I want it to be just really great special effects. I want all the monsters and Kong to look great, you know, to look as, as realistic as possible. I want the action sequences to be something that I'm glad I saw on the big screen, Mm. you know? Um, And what I, what I don't need is some type of forced human story that is taking me away from the monsters that we're all paying to see. But I'm sure that'll be there. Excellent. Yeah. I think you'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to ask one of the three of us? Oh, sure, sure. Okay, let's a little... Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Oh, thank you, Derek. Uh, I have purchased uh, the 2019 defo real godzilla nice so yep yep another defo real to add to my collection that one where he's breathing his uh, atomic breath into the sky i was gonna say is that is that the chap where he's sort of looking up the sky and you've got the little light up effect in it with the he's, he's looking up yeah uh, but without without the light effect so it's just um i mean you can put a light behind it and it'll glow people listening to the podcast won't have seen paul beautifully Arching his back there, it was glorious. It was a proper yoga cobra pose there. I'm doing my best. <laughs> that was very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So um, and how, how much did that? How much did that boy come in throughout? How much? Um, unfortunately, I got hit by the um, customs 
of about 20 quid, which bumped up yeah. a fair bit. So I think in the end, it was about... Excellent. Uh, I think it was about £100 in the end. Oh, <laughs> 100 quid for a Funko it's... Pop. What are you doing? Jesus. <laughs> oh, no, no, we said we wouldn't um, call them I've, that. I've paid, I've, I've paid that much. Yeah, Paul and I said that you wouldn't call them that. <laughs> I absolutely paid 100 US dollars for a, a Funko Pop once. Okay, oh, wow. story. Which one was it? Which one? Rocky Balboa. Really? Okay, well, from I mean, the, like, that's cool. The, that's a cool from character. From the Rocky but, film like, franchise. Yeah, he's, but, he's worth about double that, so. What? Is he super rare? Because that seems... He's virtually a kaiju. <laughs> he is, yeah. He and Apollo. I have Apollo Creed as well. They're, they're both fairly rare, so. Derek's from Philly, yeah. folks. This is one of these things. It is. It is. It's a personal, it's a personal thing, so. That, that, was a te- that was a tender moment, thank you. <laughs> it's a good movie. Wow, okay. I, I, I had no idea that they were that costly. Not usually. I, I, do, I do believe that... Oh, anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so yeah, you've got 2019, Death of Real. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I've got my £100 Funko, um, and I am going to display it proudly. And um, It'll look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it will, it get, does. Get the, the detail up. is just fantastic. I will. I'll do some videos mm. um, for the YouTube channel, and I'll, I'll write a review for the site. And yeah, mm. I'll get I'll get on that. I mean, I only mock so hard because, quite frankly, I pay that and more for the stuff that I buy. So you know, it's um, yeah, <laughs> I I pay a hundred quid for a, a Funko Pop Rocky by uh, Balboa. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is one of my favorite kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Um, I have not purchased anything. Uh, I have not really watched anything, but I guess you could... Are you okay? Yeah, I'm still alive. (laughs) Um, I have been eyeing things that I don't want to spend money on, but I kind of do. So uh, there was recently a kit that came out of the 1933 um king kong tyrannosaurus rex with fey ray in the tree there and i thought that looked like a pretty awesome kit and considering there are only two colors that you need to paint it it Mm. would be a pretty easy kit to assemble and paint that's very you as well it was it's an iconic dinosaur it's an iconic film and you don't get a lot of the king kong dinosaurs out on anything Mm. the problem is, is all the other stuff that i want to buy at the moment um, what else was I looking at? The gigantic 2019 is still rocking around <laughs> out there and I'm still trying not to buy it, but, um, I just look, where would you fit it? These are not questions <laughs> no, they're not. that I need no. asking because <laughs> if I figure out where I'm going to fit it, I will then probably buy it. <laughs> for people that aren't that familiar with the X-Plus range, just for context, there's the 25-centimeter range, which are the large monster figures. There's the, this is how tall they are, by the way. 25 centimeters tall. Yeah, they're, they're still still fairly chunky. The 30-centimeter, which is the, the line that I collect, you get the 30-centimeter, and you also get the 30-centimeter favorite sculptor's line, which you will know fine well that all you have to do is insert a little phrase before something, and that increases the price by about $30. So you have the 30-centimeter, you have the 30-centimeter favorite sculptor's line. 
Ooh, which makes it a bit more expensive. And then you have the gigantic line, which is designed for people that go, do I want a brand new video game console this Christmas, or do I want to spend that plus $200 and buy a monster for my house? And what even scale are they? I know that that's not even real English, but what scale are they? Because they're (laughs) massive. Okay, here's the thing. You can mock me all you want, but if I'm going to get that chonky I'm boy... I'm mocking. I'm in awe of He's going to be chonkerific. He's yeah. going to be chonkerific if I get him. And I have the uh, Rick Shin Gigantic right behind me, and I look at that guy every day, and I'm just... That is awesome sculpt. It's a work of art. It's amazing. No, no, no doubt about it. It is a work of art. that wasn't what I asked. What I asked was, what scale is it? <laughs> Large. They're large. That is that is basically the long and short of it. They are just they're biggins. They're beefy. Is it, is it 60, 60 centimeters more? He's looking. The, the the pause is him looking. Yeah. All right. So there's all right. So I have a thirty centimeter um, nineteen seventy five Mechagodzilla standing right in front of the Shin Gigantic, and it comes up to about his chest. So I'd say there's probably another ten, okay. maybe fifteen centimeters on top of that. How many Fredo bars would that be stacked? Stacked <laughs> along. I don't even know what a Fredo bar is. What? Uh. Okay. You guys look at me like I eat junk food, and I'm British. I am neither. <laughs> <laughs> According to Amazon, it's 19 inches. I like to say according to Amazon, it is funny, Freddos. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, right. Okay, I'm I'm derailing even by my standards. I think I'm in a silly mood tonight. Um, for myself, I and I'm just going to race through it now. I had the absolute delight of watching Howl from Beyond the Fog which is about 35 minutes long. It's an independent film that was played at a Japanese film festival last year, directed by Daisuke Sato. And it's absolutely brilliant. It's really rare that I watch a kaiju movie that I go, no, that was wonderful. Because to be honest, I usually grumble about kaiju films saying, you know, I I love the monster, but the film was awful. So this was an absolute delight, genuinely. The music, the scripting, the monster, the practical effects. And I don't really want to go into too much detail about it. It's a very short film. And there's a risk of me spoiling it for listeners. So what I would suggest to the three of you is that we have a watch of it sometime and then do an episode specifically about it. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sounds good. That sounds fantastic. Splendid. Can you remember the theme of what this episode was going to be about? (laughs) Kaiju? Kaiju. (laughs) Derek, Derek posed a question to the group mm. in our admin chat of the Facebook group. What, you know, what is your definition of a kaiju? At what point do you let things in or not? And where do you draw the line on what a kaiju is? And to be fair, we've kind of been touching on that more and more as the podcast has got on because, or even since he brought it up, because I think we all felt felt a bit triggered by that question because we all have different ideas of what a kaiju is because, in truth, it is just a strange beast. That is what the direct translation is. Mm. But in terms of pop culture, what it means to specific fans, um, there are even subgenres within the kaiju fandom. We're getting to very geeky territory here. But we figured that we'd set a few ground rules so that we stay on course and that uh, Mm. 
We explain it. No, no one told me about rules. Well, no, 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 no. We aren't saying rules. But we're, they're more like guidelines, you might yeah, say. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. anyways. Um, <laughs> what accent yeah, was that? But, that was amazing. <laughs> it was a Joe original. Thank it you. It was good. It was good. <laughs> but uh, it was my Fagan. I, I pulled out every once in a while. But um, it uh, it came to our attention that we were just kind of throwing in quite a few different random things. Of course, we always go off on tangents because we just like practical effects and that leads to all sorts of things. But we need to we need to dive into what a kaiju is because we've we've been going into different areas of this fandom and we haven't necessarily been labeling them mm. as we go. So for this episode, we're going to do that. So what is a kaiju? And more fiddly than that, what makes a film a kaiju film? Because there are films that have a kaiju in that aren't necessarily a kaiju film i think and there are movies that are distinct enough in their own genre that you wouldn't necessarily group them with kaiju movies for example zombies are they kaiju films no no see, see you say that quite confidently <laughs> right yes. um i would yeah. agree well that's because you phrase you phrase that question like are zombie films kaiju films okay fine um, they're zombie films. Is, is 28 Days Later a kaiju film? No. No. No, those aren't zombies technically either. No, okay, they're infected with They rage. aren't zombies. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the opening scene. See, okay, here, I'll raise my hand. I'm not a, I'm not a zombie guy. I, 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 I'll mm-hmm. watch a film, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything. So if those aren't zombies, that went completely over my head. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it, those movies are sometimes lumped into the zombie genre because there's a lot of tonal similarities, but technically they're not zombies. Because the twenty eight days late, sorry, the twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later, the humans in that have been infected with rage and they run around and they bite people. So they're kind of the there's yeah there's commonalities with um, Night of the Living Dead and the more classic zombie movies. But okay, um, Derek. Would Day of the Dead be a kaiju movie? I don't think it would be. No, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. But are zombies are zombies strange beasts? No, no, because I, I think first off, they they are humans who are being controlled by some type of virus or fungus or something after they're dead. It's a reanimated corpse. So, I guess you could have a zombie Godzilla. Right, but that's separate from Godzilla. So these zombies are a they're just hugely right. humans. Okay, I've cornered you now. Who amongst <laughs> you has played The Last of Us? Yep. Excellent. Me. Right. Um in the uh, Yeah, yeah. The right, clickers? clickers. I'd say in the early stages, the is it the runners? I'm not very good at the names of them, but like the, the lowest stages of the fungal infections with The Last of Us, they're most definitely zombie-esque, aren't they? Kind of in the rules that they follow. They're just more typical zombie-like creatures. However, clickers and the bloaters, the absolutely massive ones, they're bordering on kaiju. <laughs> uh, but they're, they still require a host of something else. Right. So like the clickers are humans that have been infected by this fungal parasite. Right. And so they're much they're closer to zombies. Yeah, I can see where Alex is coming from, though, because they kind of the clickers are at a stage where they're so different from being human that I wouldn't say kaiju, but they are. It's kind of like um, 
like we say, like werewolves are, I mean, is, is that a kaiju? Because it's, it's a human that's been transformed into a creature. It's a creature feature type of mm. monster, but not a kaiju. Yeah. And this was kind of the motivation for... I mean, that's a good call out, Alex. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Joe has no jo- idea. Joe has been looking <laughs> baffled since we mentioned The Last of Us, but um, I- I'm deliberate... Well, when they when they finally release the film, he'll um, understand. Uh, exactly. I'm being deliberately awkward, um, because <laughs> it is interesting to sort of stretch the definition and kind of explore what it means and what's included in that. But I just think at the point in which a person who's infected with the the fungal virus thing in The Last of Us, at the point in which their head is ripped open by the fungus, and their head is basically a giant fungus, that's that's kaiju territory for me. Oh yeah, it's gnarly, Joe. You're looking, yeah, it's 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 gnarly stuff, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think the more the closer you get to it being something else before another thing mm-hmm. intervened with it, then it, it does kind of become a bit of a slippery slope because if you have werewolves, then what about vampires? Yeah. 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 Right. And then you're only a stone's throw yeah. away from, from the classic mummy, you know, or something like that. I'm going to throw this out here. We could dissect all day what we don't think is a kaiju, mm-hmm. but I think if we all started from a commonality standpoint, what we do think a kaiju is, yeah. We could probably lead better from there. Thank you. Okay. Right. So, thank you for that. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, for myself, I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but for myself, a kaiju, it's a strange beast. So, inherently not human. It can be humanoid, but not human in and of itself. Um, It could be close, you know, but um, we have that. It is singular, so it is one of a kind or one of very few. So it has that unique quality or uniqueness to it. Um, it is inherently threatening or capable of doing great harm because okay. normally they're antagonists. Um, and then more often than not, they are larger than your average human. So I think in the broadest possible scope, to appease fans in general, that is what we would normally look at as a kaiju. Would anybody disagree with that? Well, what I'd say is you've introduced the broad categorization. <laughs> we will take our first break, and then when we return, we'll rip it apart as a theory. Sounds good. Now then, welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. We are joined by Derek, Joe, and Paul. Derek is our special guest from Screen Heroes, part of the Heroes Podcast Network. And Joe has been giving his pretty solid definition of what a kaiju is, because where it's very easy to disagree on what isn't a kaiju, we're starting off with common ground. What do we agree makes a kaiju? So, Joe, can you repeat for us again, in a nutshell? Right, because now I've completely forgotten what I said. Um, it's a strange beast. It's larger than a human. Yep. Not human. It could be humanoid, but it, the stranger, um, yeah, the better, as I ha- understand it. Unique, it has to be a strange creature. Or very few. Have I got this right so far? 
yeah, like so, like we were we were talking about Bigfoot being an example. He's humanoid. He's close. He's definitely a strange beast. He's larger yeah, yeah. than average. I mean, like we have we have that going for him. Yeah, or yeah. like we like podcasts ago, we included creature from the Black Lagoon. He is fairly unique, larger, able to do grievous bodily harm. He is humanoid, yeah. but he is definitely not human. There are things like that, and then. If you want to use ultra kaiju as an example, um, it, Pigmon, I think is is the little guy with pig, the bony yeah, hands. Pig, Pigmon, yeah, yeah. So he he is definitely a kaiju, and he is yes. humanoid. He is maybe slightly larger, if not shorter, than your average human. And you know, like there there are varying degrees to what they could. Could be. you describe him a little bit more for people who don't know who he is? Right, namely Derek. So. I, I assumed he was a Pokemon. He's Pigmon. I'm trying to include you, Derek, on this. You know, this. I space. appreciate it. So, yeah. no, no ga- um, guys, no gatekeeping. No gatekeeping. So, is he like the man bear pig from South Park? Or <laughs> no, he's not that. He's not that threatening. So basically, I wish he was. Like, so he's all right. All right, Derek. So to like just break this down, and so you watch Pokemon. I know you. I know you watched Pokemon, and you know what Psyduck was like, Misty Psyduck, right? So like. Sure. In the Ultraman series, Pigmon is kind of like the Psyduck. But, you know, he's like this odd little character that follows around. So hmm. his hands, like he always keeps his hands like curled up with the fingers pointing down. Like they're like folded in. His fingers point down. His wrists or like where you'd have a watch on your wrist. Like that kind of points up towards the sky. And he, uh, they're skeletal. Like his hands are skeletal. His back looks like red coral. Like he's kind of like. At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Like a circular, like bulky little dude. And he, his back looks like red coral. And he looks like a very frumpy lunch server from public school if he uh if you were to like give his face um and he just kind of has relatively normal looking legs and he just wanders around doing stuff um but uh he is he is i mean whenever you see mon usually in a japanese show it's an abbreviated form of monster so he's pig monster pig mon and he's yeah, he's Pigmon. It's hard to describe him. You got to look him no, up. That, on that was good. I, I think I have an idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah not too bad. So. One question you mentioned about they are, you know, the kaiju. They're either unique or very few. So presumably, what you're saying, Joe, is that it might have been that uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. There were many more like him, but he's endangered now. Mm. Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah. So, like, there's that. So. So let's take a very popular one. So Kong. Yeah. Kong Kong came from somewhere, right? Kong had parents. There was at one point a breeding pool of Kongs on Skull Island. I have never thought about who's Kong who Kong's mum and dad were. Never thought if, about if that. If you read the legendary comic, you get to see Kong's mum and dad. But um Right, okay. I'll but do anyway, that. and you see his parents' skeletons in Kong Skull Island. But um he he came from somewhere. He is a kaiju, but he is obviously the last of or one of a very rare few. In the legendary pictures, you know, version Godzilla came from somewhere. There, there they found the skeleton of another Godzilla at one point, 
and it was buried below and the mudos had taken mm-hmm. it out that that was another one so but yeah like they could be singular creatures now or singular as we know them but they are i mean like so far as we know like the reason like i say this is because generally kaiju have names yes it's like gamera has a name godzilla has a name pong has a name like we identify them they are like a singular character when in these films and these comics they're their own kind of like creature. So like the Hydra that Hercules fought. Yeah. I mean, like we would consider that a Kaiju it's rare and all that, but it doesn't necessarily have that pop culture status that a lot of the modern interpretations mm. would have because it is not, I mean, it, it had, it doesn't have like that little level of uniqueness. It was a Hydra. There were Hydras before in Greek mythology They came up time and again, but there's only been one godzilla or you know at least when we portray him you've never Mm. seen a godzilla come up against another godzilla so we have we have that at least in the modern telling of what the characters are so i would say that they are rarer or you know like the breed is dying out it gives them that kind of like mythic legendary ancient feeling you know i don't know no, it's interesting. I mean, certainly if you go back to episode 12 when I had uh, Matthew Meyer on, he said that one of the distinguishing differences between yokai and kaiju, it's that yokai are public domain because they're not licensed, whereas kaiju specifically like Godzilla, that, that that's a product and there's a franchise behind that. For example, Dracula whilst Dracula's not a kaiju, okay, I'm slightly undoing my words here, but it, it's a character. And just thinking about what you said about them being unique, Joe, at what point does the kaiju be so numerous that it's no longer unique? For example, we, we all think that the Tremors franchise are kaiju films, but there's a lot of graboids. The first Alien film feels like a kaiju movie to me, but Aliens, there's that many of them, is that just a sci-fi action? Does that make? Well, so that, I think that's there's two questions there because um, I'm compl- like I'm com- totally with you on the Tremors thing, but when you talk about aliens, that poses a separate question of if it's not from Earth, does it count? Ooh, nice. All right, so here here's a question to bring that up. The counterpoint, so to speak, Ghidorah is not from Earth. Gigan is not from Earth. There are a variety of space kaiju yeah. out there. That's why all of Pacific Rim, none of the None exactly. Of them are exactly. really from Earth, but, right? I mean, Pacific Rim's kind of interesting because they were all genetically created to be what yes. they are. Sure. We don't. I, the thing that I always loved about Ghidorah, and I think it's a missed opportunity, and I bring it up every single chance I get in the hopes that some director out there is listening to our podcast. Where is Ghidorah from? Is Ghidorah unique, or is there a planet of Ghidorahs out there somewhere? So if it's just an alien creature, and there are lots of alien creatures, Aliens are just kind of their, again, their own genre within sci-fi. So where do you draw the line? So like there's, you know, like the Geiger-esque alien, there's E.T. Close Encounters. (laughs) That would never be called a Kaiju There's Mork and Mindy. You never know. But But we know E.T. is from a species because the big ship comes and gets them up. Right. So, you know, but then you have movies like Starship Troopers or, uh, uh, pitch uh, pitch black where you have these monstrous creatures that if there was one that would be a kaiju film right so do those count so there's a term that you can throw out called creature feature and it is a blurred line between that and the kaiju okay. so i know that there are lots of creature feature nights that feature kaiju films or 
dinosaur-esque creatures that are the antagonists, like Crater Lake Monster, for instance. Or or Jurassic Park, presumably. Would that be a creature feature rather than a kaiju film? Is that what you're saying? I have a soft spot for dinosaurs and where they relate to the kaiju fandom. But they're not not dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. You're right. They're hybrids. They are. They have frog DNA in there. Henry Wu even said in Jurassic World, they look a lot different if we hadn't made them the way you wanted them to. But anyway, I like – I will – I always give dinosaurs <laughs> our honorary mention when we're talking kaiju because they inspired kaiju one way or another. You had all the ancient cultures across Earth that would find these bones and they would go, <laughs> wow, glad that thing's not still running around. But – and then you had all of the folks that, you know, like once we had a little bit more learned, you know, like affiliates within these cultures, you know, trying to put these skeletons together or whatever for curiosity's sake, they put them together wrong, come up with all sorts of strange things. But dinosaurs, they did inspire the creatures. Godzilla is obviously inspired by dinosaurs. He's a stegosaurus and a, tri- and a tyrannosaurus rex from the interpretations that science had back in when he was mm. created um kong i mean like while he's not in while he is not a dinosaur himself on skull island they are all thrown in there i mean the prehistory again the ancient nature of what a kaiju is meant to represent i think in a sense whenever you have a kaiju appearing on film they represent some part of nature or the natural order so whenever you have an alien kaiju coming to earth you will also always notice that they are an antagonist Whereas, you know, like the earth-based creature, you know, like that will again be reflective of some ancient origin, ancient ecosystem, you know, balance in the new, in the new legendary films. But it is, it does have, again, that kind of like lone warrior, you know, whatever going out across the, the planet type deal to it. But dinosaurs to get back to the original, like they're ancient they are quite strange. There are very few things like them around right now, and they just run rampant through your imagination once you know that they existed. So I will give that an honorary mention that they are kaiju in you know in a way because they were the original strange beasts that everybody, every culture came upon, and all the myths and legends that have come up through the ages either came from them or animals which would be very similar to them in some respect or another. So. I again, no, no, rant, <laughs> but I will include them via honorary mention. It's interesting. Hmm. So then, going back to tremors and the graboids, are there enough graboids for them to not count? That, that's what I was getting at because certainly, I mean, I've, I've not seen all of the tremors films. Our resident enthusiast <laughs> is Paul. Paul, are there any films where there's you know a chunky number of graboids where like there's just tons well, of it, them? It, it, or is there normally just a couple? That no, in, in, in Tremors 2, um, when they start eating and reproducing, there must be, what, at least 20, 30 um, shriekers running around. Yeah. So There are tons of graboids in that film, too, in any case. Yeah. And then the third one, you've got a ton that are flying the the blasters. Yeah, and I mean, they've been around since, what, before? Okay, so... They, they, yeah, I, I don't class Tremors as a kaiju. I don't... I, that's, that's a monster movie, a creature feature to me. I don't say it's kaiju. But that's just me personally. I mean, we all seem to have. You our don't own. say. You don't say Tremors is a kaiju movie. I don't know. Definitely strange beast. Definitely creature feature. Definitely practical effects. There. It's a strange. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, to me, kaiju. When I heard the word kaiju, I always just thought that's a 
it's a Japanese word, it's a Japanese genre of film, is what kaiju meant to me, um, rather than it being any particular type of creature. It was just, oh, it, it's that type of film, more than anything. But then I met you guys, and you seem to be... Um, yeah, I hear that. ...saying that really a kaiju could be almost anything. It's, it's very broad. I would, I would include them. I would include them. So the caveat that I'm going to throw out here okay. is Gauss. Gauss? So, all right. So Gauss from the Gamera series. So, all right. Th- there's so a lot of them. In the original Gamera... All right, so the original... Not, not in the original Gameras, but in the Guardian of the Universe films, you have three, like the original Tremors film. But we find out that they reproduce asexually. And in the third Gamera film... Yeah, there's hundreds. You have yeah. how many at the end? Hundreds? Thousands? Yeah. So And they're just flying towards our poor turtle guy. Anyways, like, those, those are kaiju in every sense of the word. They're weird. They're menacing. But it is a quirk of their biology that gives them that capability to reproduce quite quickly. So... All right, so Godzilla 98, just to throw out another one, he reproduces asexually. <laughs> yep. So we had 300 baby Godzillas at the end of that movie. Are we going to call him a kaiju? Of course we are, right? So it just depends. I mean, like... So do we pick, do we pick and choose for the circumstance? Because that seems very loose. Well, I would I would say it, it's, it's a way to give a new spin or a more threatening vibe to an otherwise familiar element. So we, I mean, like how do you make something that the audience expects to be there more dangerous? You can't change that creature inherently, but how do you up the danger factor? You make more. (laughs) But that's why I think the number of them isn't, shouldn't really be much of a factor. It needs to be more of them not existing in the, in the natural world. Okay. That makes them a strange beast. But if we're going to do that. there's no real kaiju, right? You're making me sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not trying to. Do you, are you, are you a a kaiju, Joe? Do you identify as a kaiju? (laughs) You are a strange beast. (laughs) But um, I've been called strange more than once. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Um, what I will say is um, the natural order. All right, we're going to take the legendary films now because I have to say that each universe that you know has kaiju in it. Like we have the Gamera, we have the Toho, we have the legendary. We have a couple now going, but in the legendary one, all of those earthly kaiju are part of the natural order. What Sarazawa says in those films is that they are there to restore the balance. That they are actually agents of that balance. They not necessarily be walking around the topsoil all the time where they can be seen, but they are very much a part of the original normal natural order. However, if you go back to the Toho universe, Godzilla was a dinosaur, which would have been part of the natural order and fine, fair, but he was mutated by atomic weapons testing. So he has thus become unnatural. He has been you know, mutated, he has been changed by man. So again, this is kind of a philosophical thing. At what point do our interactions with the natural environment, when are they considered natural or unnatural? But Godzilla in the Toho universe has never been a natural creature. 
He has never he has never ever been that, but in the legendary films he is. So it's it's hard to give the unnatural element to because we I mean even the Ultra series like you have ghost kaiju. Like well, I don't mean unnatural that way. I mean they don't actually exist in the real world today. Okay. Right. That so like graboids don't exist. Right, that we know of. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Got Loch Ness up there somewhere. Right, like the crack, the Kraken could exist. Yeah. The Kraken might exist. Right, but we don't. We we don't have evidence oh. that it's a real thing. Right, so the Kraken maybe that's a kaiju. Okay, <laughs> I would no. be there. So I mean, so is Bigfoot? If if someone found him, would he then be a kaiju? If so, if someone actually found Bigfoot, then no, he wouldn't be a kaiju anymore. He would just be. You know, renamed with some scientific name. Okay, so this, what we're talking about now is cryptozoology versus standard zoology. Okay. Right. So cryptozoology is a pseudoscience. So, like Bigfoot, people that go out looking for Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or still living thylacines, things like that. That is cryptozoology. So, that is, un, that is unproven, but you can suspect or claim that they do exist um whereas an elephant an african elephant that is a thing like we know that those exist Mm. cryptozoology i think it's kind of petering out now because we've done a lot of exploring we have people going out but like even in the early days of the last century, the 20th century, you had people looking for mountain gorillas a copy komodo dragons like these were all things that weren't officially categorized so there are dragons on komodo dude go check it out that comes back that's a big lizard yep i mean like but once it becomes familiar once it becomes categorized does it stop having its fantastic qualities to it so if we discovered a unicorn hypothetically like we we know that unicorns like the horse prancing you know like one horn coming out farting out rainbows like we know that they don't exist but hypothetically if someone discovered one tomorrow would it stop becoming a mythical creature yes yeah. if we found a phoenix then it would be a real living breathing creature hmm. all right and that's so, the whole point of mythology is that we don't know what's true i keep being stunned by just how big some of the the giant squids that are found because you'll you'll get a report and squids you know i mean they're they're terrifying anyway they they live in the ocean and they've got too many legs squids are terrifying humboldt squids are terrifying like seriously yeah. like if you fall overboard like you're going to get eaten by a number of squids like they're, they're terrifying big. they're big and then you look at like certain movies where giant squid feature in them like sort of like a Jules Verne type story and, you know, you think, well, that, that, that's ridiculous because it's a ginormous squid. And then actually you look at the news reports, you know, that, that, that's, that's pretty big. Okay. It's not, <laughs> I'm going to blow, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to really scare you, Alex. There's a giant squid and there's a colossal squid. And how big is the <laughs> it, colossal squid? Go on. It gets worse. <laughs> um, yeah. They're yeah. colossal. <laughs> I mean, some of these have eyes that are larger than we are. How many Freddos? No, they do yeah, not exactly. have eyes larger than we are. The eyes the size of your standard dinner plate. Um, 
that's that's how big they are, but not as big as we are. But it's it it is an interesting idea to like ponder, you know, what what point these creatures become less mythical, less kaiju esque, mm, and yeah. when they can be adopted. But it again, we're Ooh. speaking about this like they actually do exist. They don't. That's half. I mean, like thank goodness they don't. But um, it is fun to what, giant squid don't exist. No, I'm talking. Colossal squid don't exist. Okay, Alex. I know you want to desperately be right. Colossal and giant squid do exist, <laughs> but um, the in in universe in the films that they are presented, these creatures do exist, and it's half the fun. That is the escapism that we can watch these terrible you know, city destroying events happen, and we can walk out of the theater and go, "Oh, yep, New York's still there, thank goodness," or you know, Tokyo's still there, thank goodness. But um, or San Francisco is still there, thank goodness. But in universe, those creatures obviously do exist, and some of them have been categorized for a long time. So, if we want to take Godzilla: Final Wars, which is a great film, interesting film, into account, yeah, but um, obviously, <laughs> those creatures have been known and documented for a long time. Like they have names for them. Like when they're all popping up, when the Zillions. Mm-hmm. You know, start controlling them. They have them all named. Well, like they know that they're there. They know of them. The kids playing with the toys of them. Oh, look, a real angulus. That's just a throwback to Destroy All Monsters 1968. In the opening couple of minutes, the news reporter speaking quite casually. He's like, "There's Angerus and Gorosaurus and Baragon." You know, and it's just going through the various names. And it's like, yeah, they're all on Monster Island, and they're monsters. No big deal. They're there. And yeah, but but they but they would have their own scientific names or their own designations at that mm. point. They they've stopped being a mystery. They are not a mystery. They are creatures mm. in that universe. So to say that they would be a mythical creature to us, yes. To the people in universe in the films, no, because that's the whole point. They're there. So, I mean, they could start out as a myth, and then you find out in the film that they are real. You know, that, that adds some fun to it. But I think that to just say that they can only be mythical creatures from our standpoint would be true. I mean, they have to be. Um, but inside the in-universe films, they can be mythic, they can be documented, they can be whatever. But they would have – I mean, you could throw out otherworldly, but a grand feel to them. There's, there's something inherently different. That's a strange beast about them. Yeah, yeah, completely that, agree. And, and like you can't identify them. Yeah. So like the host. The host is a great film. So that thing's odd to say the least. <laughs> and human caused. It, yeah. And hum all right, yeah, and human caused. So it's unnatural, but it is fairly unique. It is larger than the average person. It's capable of causing yeah, it's it is a kaiju film. Grievous harm. Again, you can you can give broad strokes because again, at the end of the day, like if we were to take Godzilla yeah. as a character, we have Godzilla ninety eight, we have the Toho Godzilla, we have the legendary Godzilla, we have the anime Godzilla, and they all have different stories for this character. So it just it just comes down to I mean I don't think you can give the origin story you know part of it just like if we were going to make something inherently more dangerous or we were going to modify a creature's capabilities, so like Gauss like. Okay, so they reproduce asexually, but there's only three of them. How do they reproduce asexually? Is it just like when one dies, they lay an egg like a phoenix? Who knows? By the end, third of the end, by the end of the third Gamera movie, there are hundreds. Yeah. Well, darn. I guess I guess that goes a little bit faster than we thought. Mm. So, aliens or the alien films. So the xenomorph. This is this is a creature. This is an alien. This is obviously a threat. I think that 
Dark Horse, 20th Century Fox, you know, like all these different things that have pumped out all of the Xenomorph backstory and expanded universe that we've seen, you could re- it could almost be its own genre. It's that large. It's just, but do you call it a kaiju? Is that a strange beast? Well, it's obviously strange. It's larger than the average human, but its life cycle is what makes it unique. So the parasite that's deposited in the host grabs some of the host's DNA to survive in whatever environment that it's going to be living in. So if the face hugger clamps onto a croc, you get a crocodile xenomorph. That's actually canon. That happened to poor Batman. He had to deal with that. Um, there, I mean, if you want to look at the Kenner stuff, like Kenner used to produce a line of toys, and NECA has since been re-releasing and retooling, you know, giving a homage to that. But you have a rhino alien, you have a snake alien. It's just whatever the thing comes into contact with. So in theory, if you had a facehugger big enough to, you know, get Gamera on the ropes, you would have a pretty gnarly looking xenomorph come out at the end of that. But is that an alien or is that a kaiju? It's kind of like the question that Derek posed earlier, where is like, okay, a zombie bites Godzilla. What happens there? Is this now a zombie film? Is this a Godzilla film? Is it a genre bending film? Like, where does it go? At what point do you draw the line? And I think that these are just plot elements where you have to look. And again, it has to be slightly generalized to get the feel of what it could be. Because if it was too easy to make a kaiju film, you would have issues because it'd all be the same. So like vampire films, and stop me if I start ranting, guys. You know, it's been a long one already. But so vampires. So Dracula is the one that we all remember. That, that He's kind of like the big bad. We all know Dracula. So Twilight, that is quite different from Dracula. But at the same time, you have to kind of put a new spin on some things. Not that it always works for everybody who is not a Twilight fan. But you have to put a new spin on some things in order to keep it relevant, to keep it fresh. And so the kaiju genre has been around for, well, we'll just say that it's been yeah, going well, since look, 1925. Look Sorry, look at the reception to the anime from many of the Godzilla fans. Some people thought it was the best thing to happen to Godzilla. Other people thought it was an absolute crock of poo. I liked it. Yeah. Mm, I was lukewarm. <laughs> um, Thank you for talking, somebody, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let, <let's>, right. <laughs> we, uh, we will take our second break there, guys. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! (laughs) Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House, the show where you take a lemonade every time Joe says cryptozoology, you take a lemonade every time Alex gets annoyed, and you take a lemonade every time Paul's quiet for five minutes at a time. Thank you. Passing over to Paul. 
that? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I get angry a lot in episodes. Joe mentions cryptozoology a lot, and you're quiet. (laughs) Those are all statements of fact. In all seriousness, listeners... (laughs) I I don't like to interrupt Joe's flow. No, 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 it's a a good flow. You know, um, Joe had some sick bars there, it was good. Um, In all sincerity, we have been trying to pin down exactly what a kaiju is and what the, I suppose, what the remit of kaiju films are. Would that sound fair, Derek? Well, because there is the conversation about what a kaiju is and what Mm. a kaiju film is. Because a kaiju existing in a film, does that allow it to be in the subgenre of a kaiju film. I, I don't know. I like the fact that you say allow it, because I see all of us hosts tonight as the authority on all films ever. <laughs> and if anyone disagrees with us, well, they're wrong, aren't they? And they're not real fans. <laughs> I'm not going to go down the real fan route. I have strong opinions about that. But for example... We are the real fans. Yes. For example, one of the movies that had this conversation going was the 2009 Star Trek film where Kirk is on Hoth. What? Um, and there's the giant. You've monster. already upset people. You've already upset people. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Star Trek dude. Um, anyway, <laughs> that that monster could arguably be a kaiju under our definition of it, but that movie is certainly not a yes. kaiju movie. Yeah. And, no, right. it is not. I, no. No, I agree with the flow that you're going with there, because Star Wars films are by no means kaiju movies. However, the Rancor is a kaiju. The massive beast in um, Empire Strikes Back, where the Millennium Falcon like gets bitten space by... Slug. Yeah, the, the space slug. That, that, that's a kaiju, for crying out loud. Um, and even the Wampers, uh, they're, they're borderline kaiju. No, no, you're shaking your head there. <laughs> is this an It Follows situation again, Joe? <laughs> so I think the problem with the Wampas, though, is that, again, it kind of goes to the number, right? Because then are the huts... No, they're just an idea um, race. Uh, oh, Why not? I'm gonna get the huts are just I'll, as strange to us, I'll, right? I'll throw one out. Okay, all right, I'll throw one out. The Zillow Beast. That was a kaiju. That was a specific Star Wars creature that was created to harken back to kaiju. So the Zillow Beast, which was in the Clone Wars cartoon series, is these. It is this ginormous creature. All of its, you know, species was thought to be extinct. So we have a fairly unique individual, and they try taking out by various means cannons, you know, all, all the good stuff. I mean, it is just totally a homage episode to this. The Je- the Jedi, you're know, like trying with lightsabers, and like they're hitting it with lightsabers, like crap, mm. even this isn't working. So you know, like eventually it is defeated, and um, Palpatine's like, let's clone it because mm. that would be a great idea, obviously, um, but. It, that that is a nod to a kaiju film within a Star Wars canon um, um, yeah. episode of a series. So if I was going to throw out like a non-canon, obviously not overt homage to kaiju, um, I would say the Sando Aqua Monster. That thing is freaking ginormous. It was the thing. It, basically, it was the biggest fish when Obi Wan. And Jar Jar and I think it was Qui Gon are going yeah. through Naboo's. Um, There's always a bigger core. fish, yeah. but you know, <laughs> and it always. ended. It, well, it ended with the Sando Aqua Monster. I don't mm. think there was a bigger one after that. 
But it was funny to see that there was the uh, OPC killer. There was the, um, oh, what was the one with the uh, pincers around its mouth? I had it a few seconds ago. But, From the oh, Clone Wars movie? <laughs> Colo Clavis, I think it was. But, um, Obviously. And then there, was the, then there was the Sando. Yeah, then there was the Sando Aquamonster. But, you know, like it ended with that. And in theory, you could have maybe a few of those running around because that was massive. Yeah. But, um, I mean. So I think in order. So going back to the original question then, what makes something a kaiju film? Yeah. My my perception would be that the film itself has to have an emphasis and focus on yeah. the kaiju. So it's central to the plot. The, whilst the Wombra right. is important to that scene with Luke, at the end of the day, the Wampa does not make it a kaiju film, unlike a film about the Abominable Snowman. Is that what you're getting at? Right, because if you, if you can remove the kaiju from the movie and it still be the same story, then it's not a kaiju film. That's right. the most sense anyone has said tonight, Derek. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay, so Yeah. So if Thanks, Alex. Uh, sorry, Joe. Um so, so I think it was more that you put it in such simple and accessible terms. Um because it's very easy to get bogged down with details. So are you say uh, by the way, listeners, Joe is swearing at me right now. I know he is. <laughs> certainly What are you saying? Certainly that? scowling at me. So in essence, Derek, are you saying that if you remove the kaiju from the plot and the plot no if the, the plot doesn't work then the kaiju is central to the plot therefore that makes it a kaiju film i think that has to be question number one i think it can start to get more complex after that but if it doesn't pass that first piece then it's just it's not yeah. a kaiju film right because the wampa if we use that as the example if the wampa was not a wampa and it was a lion the movie doesn't change at yeah. all yeah I like right that. luke is still attacked by some type mm-hmm. of creature mm-hmm. right and then mo- moves on from that relatively yeah. quickly that's fair enough that's all folks that's that's, that's, that's yeah. same with the rancor you know or uh <laughs> there's always a bigger kaiju movie and like for star trek 09 if kirk doesn't have to fight that creature nothing else about the movie changes he just shows up and sees scotty five minutes earlier right yeah and i, I think the fact is they're, they're i mean they're all in alien planets there's going to be strange creatures there it's not yeah it's not part of the narrative is it show looks unhappy <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm totally fine. Okay, fine. Let, let, let's let's test this out, right? Let's okay. do some films. Let's do some films at each other. Kaiju or not kaiju film? What is this <laughs> science you speak of? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Starting with Derek, name a okay. film. Like, like, you know, don't say like Love Actually. Like, you know, try and keep it like as an actual test of a kaiju movie. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking of Bill, Bill, Bill Nye there again. I was thinking of him. So wait, so I'm trying to pick a movie that does what? Um, pick a movie that's kind of borderline. Is it kaiju movie or is it not? Borderline. Okay, so I think this one's a little interesting because I'm torn on it. And that would be the How to Train Your Dragon animated trilogy and Netflix show. Because dragons are arguably a kaiju and they are central to the plot of How to Train Your Dragon. But I've never heard it called a kaiju franchise. Mm. Wow. That's a good point. Well, as someone who thinks it <laughs> follows a as a kaiju movie, I'm not sure. I'm going to sit out of this one and let our two experts decide. I'm going to try not to talk as much during this segment. So, Paul, please give the first opinion. I don't see Dragon as kaiju. Dagger in the heart. So, no, I don't. I wouldn't see that. Yeah, I know. Jeez, I, I think do, not. And I will defend um, that. <laughs> 
I know and you love you love Rain of Fire and I know you love dragons and, but I don't personally. What's Ghidorah if not a dragon? It's a dragon. Ghidorah's just, just a big honking oh, dragon. In the last episode, um, you are, it's it, Ghidorah is dragon plus. Yeah. But he's also an alien. Um, okay. No. Big alien so dragon. my no. film, um, Alien 3. Is it a kaiju movie? No. There's only one. It's a shit Why film. that one in particular? No, that's, that's not even an alien film. All right, no. It's shit. It's, come on. The movie's better than the, the next one. I, I, I won't hear a bad word. That's <laughs> saying a lot. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why I picked cool. it. Because it's, it's less famous, but there's only one of it. And... You know, it's it's considerably larger. It's central to the plot. It's stronger than the other people. It's limited in number. Alien Three is it a kaiju movie? No. I say you don't watch Alien Three and read <laughs> Aliens Earth War. <laughs> All right, hang on, hang on. So let's answer the actual question. So I, from that perspective, I think the first Alien and Alien Three fit the definition the same way because they each deal yes, with correct. one xenomorph. Uh, um, and I don't think they count because. The movie is deliberately set out in space. It's deliberately a sci-fi film where the antagonist is not something we're familiar with. And I don't think that makes it a kaiju. So, awesome point. Kaiju films are predominantly Earth-based. Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah I yes. agree yep. with that. I think I think I will. I, I like that. However, however. I agree. Yeah. It follows the set on Earth. Yeah, yeah I agree with this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I still, I still want to see Ghidorah's origin okay. in outer space. So if anyone doesn't a Ghidorah origin Do you story, know there has been awesome. some stunning fan art done of um, like a planet with multiple Ghidorahs, and it, it looks amazing. Of, of basically, why have you not sent this to me? I'll, I'll send it to you. Of just multiple Ghidorahs flying in the sky, ripping each other apart. It looks amazing. I'll send it to you. Oh, I've seen that one. That's where they have the that's where they have the Godzilla in the front. And they're both like eagles tearing it apart. Yeah. yeah. The Godzilla's been picked up and pulled apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks great. Okay, so because the Alien franchise is set in outer space, whilst it ticks most of the boxes, it's not a kaiju film because it's not Earth-based. Well, because the, the central plot of it is that it is a sci-fi alien flick more than a a monster flick. Do you agree with that, Paul? No, I, I do agree with that. I was just like, going to then follow on with um, Predator, um, set on Earth. Still not a kaiju film. That is an alien film. I agree. Um, it, it's also because Predators are very intelligent. They have an entire civilization, yeah. Yeah. right? They have built starships and technology and things of that nature. So there is an entire sentient yeah. advanced species. Okay. Again, this comes back to my point. They are not numerous or they are yep. you know, less okay, populous. Yeah. So Predator would be discounted on that opinion because Because he's a yeah, it's a race. There yeah. are there's a whole planet of them. Yeah, there could mm-hmm. be multiple planets of them. Well we know there are they are, because in the movie Predators, that's a hunting planet specifically. Yeah. Um Paul pick a film to test against our formula, which is obviously absolutely watertight. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't seem to be working out that great at the moment, does it? Um, okay, so um, I, I, I haven't actually watched the film, so it might just be the title that's misleading me, but what about something like um, Fantastic Beasts? Which, going by the title, is going to be about creatures. The Harry Potter stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that not about finding creatures on Earth? Strange creatures? 
those are creatures within that. Okay, so those are just regular creatures within that okay. within that universe. So in Harry Potter, like there are dragons, they're just species. Like they're documented, they're normal. It's like okay, so we're Muggles, so they're different to us. But if like if, if you know like. All right, so there are muggles, and then what do they call the other what, what, wizards? Magical folk? Like, do they have a name? The the wizarding world. Okay, so the wizarding world to them, that's like walking down the street and seeing a golden retriever. Like, oh, some okay. things are just normal to some folks and not to other folks. Exactly. So, I mean, because none of us are zoologists, so there are certainly creatures that we're not familiar with that we would think are strange that just exist, like alpacas. <laughs> I was going to go with tardigrades, but oh well. Oh, tardigrades. Love those little guys. They're amazing. Um, and to the Fantastic Beasts point, I also think that, especially the second film, the the beasts have really nothing to do with the movie. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the film, but the title just made me think. There we go. That's my reason not <laughs> to see the second film. No, no, it's a fair question, though. The problem with those movies is their their titles are based off of a book in the Harry Potter universe called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And the movies are not really that. They're more of about Newt Scamander who wrote the book and things that happened to him. And by this I'm glad I didn't watch the films because I would have been very disappointed. The first one's really good. I like the first one. <laughs> the first one's okay. The second one is terrible. Right. Cloverfield. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely Kaiju. That is obvious. Yeah, absolutely. Sequel sequels are not exactly. Ten Cloverfield Lane is not a kaiju film because whilst I've not seen it, as I understand it, it's centered around kind of almost like a hostage situation yeah, because uh, it, it's, it's centered yeah. around like a family and a hyper paranoid character. It's it's purely human based with the kaiju in the background, but it's really centered around the thriller, isn't it? Have I got that right? I've not, I've not seen the film, by the way. But if you remove the monster. That story can't happen that way, right? Uh, you could have just had a terror, a terror, a terrorist attack yeah. in the background, um, like replacing the Wampa with the lion. Could you not just replace uh, Clover with some other kind of threat, and then the? I think Clo- Clover's quite central to that plot. Okay. I don't think many terrorists could rip apart the Statue of Liberty like that. Well, Clover isn't in that film, right? But but you but you said you said. 10 Cloverfield Lane is not a kaiju film, Joe. So why? Because I haven't seen that, so I can't be 100% sure. You're being really mean to John Goodman if you call it a kaiju film. <laughs> why? He's not a strange beast. He's a good actor. That's mean. Wow. See, that's mean. That's mean. <laughs> he is a good actor. I like John We're not Goodman. referring to him. Oh. Um, I don't... I, I think 10 Cloverfield Lane... I think that that was a thriller that had maybe five minutes of science fiction tagged onto the ta- to the back end of it. If you took the back end of it off and just let her escape, and that be the end of the film, uh, it would have been just as it would have been just as good a film. Yeah, if you went if you went into that film expecting to see Kaiju, you'd be very disappointed. Yeah. Well, and that's fair. I mean, but I don't know if being disappointed is. No, is a disqualification. No, but I should, I should, I should say. I mean, that 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 film was made. Star Wars fans disagree. <laughs> the film, the film wasn't made as a Cloverfield film, was it? it <laughs> the, the, so it's very difficult because That's they, well, true. okay, so they added, as Joe said, five minutes at the end to make it part of the Cloverfield universe. Perhaps five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was, and I, I mean, did you even see? Do, do you just but, see a spaceship? I can't even remember the end of the film. You see a creature at the end, which she has to kill, like, through some means or another, but... You see a creature at the end, okay. 
but it is it is just like generic bad alien. Yeah, I mean the film's revolving around: um, is there actually a creature out there, or is he mad? <sighs> I there you go. Um, I've got one. Oh, I've go got on. one that uh, that bends all of it. That it's kind of like, all right. So Super Eight. Oh, <laughs> haven't seen. I'm trying sorry. to remember that. Yeah, I, have I, seen it, I but... missed that one. Okay, sorry. so Super Super Eight. Super yeah. Eight. All right, it's a great film, by the mm. way. Um, and it's very balanced. So what we have here is we have your typical Spielberg-esque, Spielberg-esque uh, family, you know, drama. Um, we have a dad and his son, and then we have girl and drunk guy. And um, mom of dad and son was killed accidentally by drunk guy, and then the son and the little girl of drunk guy. Uh, they kind of go for each other and they like making little super eight films and whatnot. And then one night there is a government train, which derails um, while they're making a super eight film and something gets out of that train and starts running amok in the town. It is large, quite large, like two stories high carnivorous. It tunnels around the town and it's, just generally not friendly. Um, however, it is sentient. It is an alien. And by end of film, it creates its own spaceship and leaves Earth. And yeah, it, it kind of leave- disqualify it. Yeah, but it's the only one that you see hmm. in the film. Yeah, but the only difference between that and E.T. is that E.T. didn't build his own ship. Someone yeah, picked him it, up. It, it's actually like very <laughs> angry <laughs> – buff et actually like if et was too it's a really good film it's a really good film i I recommend watching it um i wasn't going to call it a kaiju film i wasn't going to call it one but it does have elements from both sides yeah maybe but i mean to an extent but i don't know that temperament or action that the 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 thing takes you know is that kind of thing because a human can go through and destroy a bunch of stuff too Right, so I think that if it's sentient and it built its own ship and went home, that's not kaiju. No, oh, yeah, I, I I will agree, and um, I I think that uh, I think that it isn't a kaiju film, but it's really like the last arc of, or of the story. It's like the last twenty minutes or whatever that we do start to find out. Okay, it is intelligent. Um, that that became a part of the story. So, like the first forty minutes or whatever, I don't know, how, I don't recall just how long the mm-hmm. film is. But you know, you could take it like, oh wow, like this, you know, mysterious government, you know, clandestine creature is running amok in our town. And it is quite central to the plot. It is singular. Mm-hmm. It is large. It is doing harm. It is quite unique. You know, blah 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 blah. But then you find out, oh well, it's an alien and it is sentient. And then it goes. It's a so nice it's, twist. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a rather interesting twist. And we, one of the really lovely things about it is like you can you can it understands you through touch. Mm. It's like telepathic in that sense, but it has to be touching you. So when it picks up one of the kids, you know, the kids just like we just want to help you go home or whatever. It's like oh, and it sets them down, mm. and then you find out like the whole reason that this thing is so grumpy is because it's been being tortured by scientists for ages. Wow. So yeah, it's just we have to we have to wrap up now, guys. I'm afraid. Wait, wait, can, can I ask one more? Oh, I had one more as well. All right, go on, come on. Uh, Deep Blue Sea. No. No. Yeah, they're just, they are just they're sharks. They're just sharks. But they are they're genetically smart. modified oh, they're sharks. Sharks. They're just sharks. They're smart sharks. 
They can swim. They can swim backwards, which is not true. They can kill Samuel L. Jackson. That's a kaiju, right? That's virtually kaiju versus kaiju. Yeah. That was like one of the best shot oh, deaths yeah. of my of my young it's stupid but it's a great movie God, what, what was yours derek yeah you ate my bird <laughs> um and this can be either the original or the or the 80s remake but the blob mm. creature feature i mean yeah it's definitely yeah because it is a creature yeah. feature no doubt yeah. right it but is, is singular. it a kaiju it is it's singular thing, it right? is it doesn't have, it's not you know it doesn't build a ship and fly away it's not it doesn't have a civilization there is there is a kaiju um that is uh in the godzilla the series um universe um and it is a creature i think i want to say that it absorbs technology or something along those lines but it is like a nano-esque creature and it keeps absorbing things or it is like a some kind of like blobby par- you know, like organism. And what it's doing is it's absorbing. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Actually, I think it was like nanobites that were meant to be eating garbage. It just starts eating stuff and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but it has no real form of its own. If you took the nanobites out and put in the biological element, you'd have the blob, mm. but they did that. They did that in Godzilla the series. So what do you guys think? I personally wouldn't view him as a kaiju. What is the Blob's origins? I don't think we ever learned them. I think the the eighties remake implies that it's of alien origin. Yeah, I was going to say, but in the original original film. I'm trying to think back because the farthest back I can remember is when it's in the doctor's office because it was on a guy's hand. I want to say that it's the same. I think the eighties remake did it because I think it was a meteorite and then a guy touched it. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a meteorite. And, isn't it? Exactly. I think it was that same way. I think I think it follows pretty much the exact same plot as the original one. It's like the thing. I suppose that's an actual. Oh man, let's not get started on the thing. Oh, Which is an man. awesome film, but not kaiju. The thing is a kaiju. No, that is <laughs> what? What did he say? It's sen- it, no, it's it's sentient. You find out in the second one, which is. Do we even want? You mean the, you mean the prequel? Include, yeah, the prequel. Nothing. nothing do we even want to include that as like being canon? I know, but the, the second that I found out that the thing was... Well, you find out that it's sentient in the first one, don't you? Because it's building its own yeah. spaceship again. Yeah, that, no, you're right. That doesn't count. Yeah. Great movie, It though. could take the form of a kaiju. Mm. It could do that. It, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, when it's Ooh. mixed with those dogs, I mean, it is very... I mean, it's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> this mm. this kind of comes down to, like... Uh, this is kind of like a question that uh, I was posed earlier today. What's your favorite Pokemon? And I said, ditto. And they go, oh, that's lame. I'm like, why? It's every single one. I have just won this argument. <laughs> that's why it's yeah, lame. No, no it's, a, it's a cop-out. <laughs> it was a smart answer. No. Uh, it's a cop-out. No, you're right. It's a cop-out. Cop out <laughs> when you have the option of picking an ice cream Pokemon from Gen 5 and you pick ditto, you're obviously a terrible fan. <laughs> it's Gyarados. Yeah. It's Gyarados for all of our listeners. It is Gyarados. Uh, um, Joe, jo, if nothing else... So, if nothing else, um, I'm going to say watch Super 8 because I was surprised that uh, some, other, some of our other hosts had seen that film. It is a good I will film. will do that. It is, it, is, it is quite interesting and it has some feel-good moments, some genuine horror moments, and it's quite funny um, in places. I think it's a very balanced film. It's kind of like Goonies meets E.T. meets Monster Squad. So, there you go. Yeah. Paul. Okay, um, if nothing else, 
unrelated to everything we've been discussing tonight. Um, I uh, put a tweet up about my lovely uh, Ray Harryhausen, The Lost Movies book, and John Walsh um, tweeted and said, you know, glad you got the book. Please leave a review on Twitter to make sure, you know, people find out about it. So I'm just going to ask any of our listeners, if you got the book for Christmas or you, you've bought it, um, I'm just going to echo what John said and please go on to Amazon, uh, leave a positive review uh, just so that people can find out about it because, you know, we want people to learn as much about Harryhausen because he was awesome. Absolutely, yeah. We interviewed John Walsh for a special episode. Um, it was episode 17 where John Walsh talked specifically about his friendship with Ray Harryhausen. It was an absolute delight. If you don't use Twitter, you can actually re- you can review on Amazon. There we go. Derek, if nothing else. Um, if nothing else, I'm going to recommend a movie that is arguably a kaiju film, um, but I think flew under the radar for a lot of people. It's the 2016 movie Colossal, starring Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Yes! yes! Um, it's like tangentially a kaiju film, but I think it's actually really well done and worth watching. It's a great movie about toxic relationships. It really is. It is. Yeah. And there's at least one kaiju in it, maybe kind of two. Yeah, absolutely. It's well, it's. There are kaijus and there are mecha. This is where we get nerdy. Mm. (laughs) It's absolutely worth your time. It's a really, really good film. I watched that recently and I kept being interrupted by my son who was waking up through the night. And it's good enough that I persistently went, no. I will come back downstairs and turn it back on and rewind five minutes because normally I watch half an hour of film and then my son wakes me up. Uh, sorry, wakes up and then I go, oh, you know what? I don't want to watch the film, but Colossal, it's it's great. I, I really recommend it. So yeah, good shout there, Jack, Derek. Um, and for okay. myself, if nothing else, watch 1954 Creature Feature Them, which after discussing with you, I feel that Them is not a kaiju movie. Because there are so many ants, but it is definitely a creature feature. It's hard not to find a lot yeah. of ants. Usually, where there's one, there's more. That's just kind of like the anti yeah. way of th- doing things. Yeah, that's their that's their thing. This has been a slog of an episode, guys. It's it, it, <laughs> this is this has been a journey. Wagner's ring cycle was less long than this, but it, but it has been amazing. Thank you so much, Derek, for joining us. Yes, thank you, Derek. Thanks for having me on, guys. It has been good, and. Um, I look forward to recording with you guys soon. Take care. Keep it kaiju, folks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, consider subscribing or giving us a like. And if you want to get in touch, you can do so at UK Kaiju on both Twitter and Facebook. Thanks very much and keep it kaiju. You taught non-stop for seven minutes of that last episode. <laughs> Sorry, that that last part. But I, did, I didn't want to interrupt you because you, you're passionate about it. It's uh, Paul or Joe to welcome us back when you're ready. I'm going to... St- I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> Joe's just going to be quiet now, so I suppose I better do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... This gonna, will be I'm, such I'm, a great episode to release edit, um, unedited. Because it's going to be very, very, di- oh, very different. Yeah, the exactly. podcast version <laughs> and the unedited version. The tone will be quite different. Um, when you're ready, Paul. Yeah. Hello, and we're going to have to talk, Paul. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. <laughs> you said you'd be quiet. <laughs> Dear Lord.
The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.